Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Do you have bad credit and minimum capital and want to get started in real estate? Hi, we're We're the the Mobile mobile Home home Elite Investors. Investors. Our e-course solves all of those problems by giving you all the strategies and secrets to become a successful mobile home investor. Tune in at www.mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful, resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. What's good, fam? It's your boy, Dave. It's your boy, Jalen, checking in, man. Look, we just like to holly at y'all real quick before the episode and let y'all know that we got us a potty mouth alert. Uh, We saying some things on this episode that we don't normally say, but the episode's still lit. So if you listen to it with your kids, we just want to let you know, you might want to listen to it before they do, or not even let them listen to it at all. Yeah, we just want to holler at y'all real quick. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast. Your boy David Bellard, one for the Black Wolf Renaissance, checking in with my co-host, fellas. How y'all doing? What's good, bro? It's your boy Jalen checking in. I'm good, man. How everybody else doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. Checking in. It's Kelly. What's going on, Jared? Whoa, I'm chilling, man. What's good? What's good? How y'all doing? We're good, man. Oh, had a life, man. Making it, making it. Just got in off the road. Had a nice week with the meetup and all that good stuff, man. Yeah, you man. Know. You gotta, you gotta tell us about. Oh, we gonna talk about all that. We gonna talk about all that after. I'm just so excited, man. Yeah, we we'll get into all that stuff later, man. Cause we got a guest with us. This episode is about to be fire. Yeah. We've been waiting on this episode for a little minute. I wow. hella funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I'm ready for it. Yeah, so without further ado, we're going to introduce our guest, Ms. Asia Denson of Denson Construction Services. Asia, how you doing? I'm good. What up, though? How y'all doing? What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the podcast. We thank you for coming on. 
Thank you for having me. I felt so honored. I told my friends, like, dog, black wolf, Renaissance hit me up. Like, I don't <laughs> Little nah, us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> little did 100K the other day. I was like, well, I done made it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's, that's actually crazy because, like, when we were first uh, starting to get into, like, the whole social media space of finding people that were, like, especially black people that were working together, you know, financially literate and you know, investing in different stuff like that. You were one of the first people that we have came across, like you, right. along with Charles and Erica and them. And so, like, we yeah. had been looking up to what you was doing. We been thought what you was doing was cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> That's what's up. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Part of the inspiration for the Renaissance. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see you got you ripping your city right there and all that good stuff. Thanks. Got your shirt on with your town. But uh, the way we normally kick things off, is we get you the the guests to it just kind of introduce themselves to the the family, you know, and give us a little quick rundown on how you got where you at and what brought you to entrepreneurship. Alrighty, well, I'm Asia Denser, uh, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I'm a general contractor, licensed and insured, lead abated, certified. Uh, I got a whole bunch of certifications I can't remember offhand, but I got a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I also own Detroit Property Shop. That's uh, more the real estate side for investing in my uh, turnkey fix and flips and my rental properties that I own. I got started. Well, first I was a highway engineer from like 2007 to 2012, 13, right when the mortgage crisis happened in Detroit. And the engineering firm I was working under, she just all of a sudden was like, I'm about to close shop and move to Charlotte. But uh, yeah, so my boss, he uh, was like, Asia, your company about to move in like six months. I'm like, all right, cool. So he was my little birdie. And I was able to stack up enough money during that time to make it, you know, to talk found a job. So when I was working, I only worked from April to October because, you know, I was outside on the highway and it get cold in Detroit. So I ended up uh, not getting a job for like a year and a half. So I ended up saving enough to make it that year and a half. And it got to the point in December 2012, when it was like, AJ, you use this last three grand to pay your mortgage or fuck that mortgage, and I'm about to go get my builder's license. I went and got my builder's license, and I said, the hell with that mortgage. So <laughs> I don't advise that to everybody, but that's what I did. So at that time, I had just got the book called Debt Cures. They don't want you to know about Kevin Trudeau. So I started reading this book, and it started telling you how to get out of debt or if you're in the buying, like basically how to start really you know, being more financially literate about credit cards and stuff like that. So when I started reading, it was like, as long as you attempt to make a payment on the debt, you know, they can't just come repo your car. Because at this point, I was about to miss my car payment. And it was like, just uh, called, they was like, the first thing you should do is transfer from a major banking company to something smaller, like a credit union. So that's what I did. I took my car from GM Financial, because they'll come get my shit. I knew that for a fact. But mom and pop credit union, oh, I can work with Miss Bros down there and holler at her. And she was like, baby, you know, just pay what you can. I was like, all right. So <laughs> I called in. I started sending them $100 a month. And I was like, well, if I don't park outside my condo, they can't just, like, open my garage door and just take my car. Like, you know, I was really, like, planning it out. <laughs> like, for a whole year, I only sent them $100 a month. And then the next summer, I ended up going back to work. Uh, this other firm called me into work. That was summer 2013, which is the last time I've ever had a job. Even though I was independent, I was still, you know, working under a firm. Mm -hmm. And the rest is kind of that. Then uh, that same car I had a 2010 Terrain at that time. That boy ended up breaking down when I drove to Memphis to go to the Jackson State Tennessee State game. Right. So what mm -hmm. did I do? Because I read that book. I took it to the dealership, you know, because I had OnStar. They was like, "Well, your transmission out." And I'm like, "That's crazy. This only a three, four year old car. My trans out." So I called the credit union, 
once I got back to Detroit and got my new car, because I made sure I had a car first before I was about to tell you when I did. And they was like, well, you know, where our car? I was like, your shit in Memphis. And they like, well, how's it going to get up here? I was like, that ain't my problem, because I still owe y'all $12,000, and technically that's your shit. So... <laughs> That's your car. And they was like, well, do you have a number to the deal? I'm like, yeah, his name is Mike so-and-so. This is the number. And they was like, what are you driving on? I said, like, oh, I'm in the 2014 terrain. And they are like, well, how did that happen if you still got our car? I was like, because it's going to take y'all 90 days to report this on my credit anyway. So by then, I got me some new shit. Man, they was mad as hell, dog. And they was like, well, we got to charge you for going to get the car. I'm like, do what you must. So then some months go by, I get a bill saying I owe uh six thousand dollars because you know they went and got the car and took it to the auction and whatever the difference is you know that gap you got to pay but mm. by the time my business is starting i got an attorney because i got legal uh legal shield you know you get free access to an attorney every month for 75 dollars a month so i used that pay him 500 and then he went and fought them and i don't had to pay them niggas like 900 dollars <laughs> I was like, y'all not getting that out of me, bro. <laughs> like, I already want to pay, you know, Cardinal. You think about to get this sick grade? You crazy. So, <laughs> so now we in the 2014, right? So uh, after I lost my house to a uh, short sale because I stopped paying the payment, I went and got my license. It took me six times to pass that damn test. And the reason it took me six times is because it's this one section that's about concrete. Now, remember, I'm coming for heavy highway. So every time I'm answering this, these uh, 10 sets of questions, I'm answering it. Like I'm building a bridge or something. And then one day it clicked like, nigga, I'm sorry. Now they talking about a, um, a damn house. I'm like, they sure is. And then a click and then I pass. <laughs> so after that, it was on the popping. So now this is a uh, thing when I passed my test was August 2012 or 2013, somewhere up in there. So my mom was like, you know, just come back home. Don't worry about nothing. I, I love my mama to this day because she had my back. She knew what I was trying to do. She was like, don't worry about giving me no money. Just focus on you and your business and that's what I did now we where we at now my mama don't pay no fucking bills she got an allowance hell I claimed her on my taxes last year I'm like you a dependent now lady (laughs) 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 no real talk she's 73 and I'm like you ain't even got to file taxes no more so now last year I claimed her and we done had the conversation if I ever hit the lottery you claiming it because they ain't gonna tax you like they gonna tax me and uh, I'm putting the house in my name this year so that way I can get that tax benefit too because nothing's in her, you know, so then everything comes to me. So then uh, as far as my social media presence in the company itself, uh, I got on social media strictly. I got tired of how they were showing Detroit. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like you just walk outside and it's just dead bodies on your porch. No, now if you about that life, perhaps, but the average Detroiter is they not dealing with that. And so I was like, well, I'm about to get on this thing they call Instagram, and I'm just gonna start posting the stuff I see in Detroit that I love, like the riverfront, downtown scene, the neighborhoods with the big beautiful houses that people never really knew Detroit had because the media never shows that. Like, we got some amazing houses. We are one of the few cities with the most brick houses. And our houses be on the low end 50 years up to 115 years old. The duplex I own got built in 1906. And that mother. Hey, 1906. Oh, you an alpha? Wow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, like, it's perfect. Like, I mean, it's a full gut and it was fire damage, but the, the house was still solid. Like, the brick was still straight. The foundation was still straight. 
and everything. And I love the them older houses because of the architecture and the craftsmanship. And when I can't, when I'm rehabbing them houses, I try my best to keep that crown molding because you can't find that. And the only people I know that can do that is my carpentry teacher, and he about sixty seven, so he gonna text me. Cause it's only them older cats that really got that crap, cause they the ones who put it in. Mm. And so my dad, he's a brick mason. My uncle, he a brick mason. My brother, a brick mason. My granddad was a huge carpenter in uh, Alabama and Columbus, Georgia. They actually have a statue of him at the um, excuse me, the Carpenters uh, Hall of Fame in Alabama. So I gotta go see it every time I go. I don't ever have enough time, so I, was like, I gotta make time. Cause that's just dope as hell. That is so fire. That's really dope. When I find out, I was like, I gotta go. And if I ever move to Georgia, that part of Georgia, I'll make a killing just off my last name because he, you know, still got weight down there. You know, he passed, you know, years ago. But that's really why I got on social media. Just I got tired of them showing Detroit so bad. Like, so I just be downtown at like an event posting Detroit. And because of that, my following grew. And that's how a lot of my clients found me because, excuse me, they wanted to invest in Detroit. And they got they knew it had to be more than what it was because the same thing that happened in Detroit happened in Harlem, it's happening in Chicago, damn show happened in Philly. And the rest is just kind of history. And then I met y'all, I met Erica, like and it's just amazing, like the power of social media. I tell that people all the time, you never know who's watching you. Like y'all just told me, y'all have been watching me all this time and I never knew. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. Erica happened and she just flew to Detroit and we hung out last year, and that's like my homie now. Hood of the States, Nita, uh, Charm City, Kendra, we all met off social media. And so I just tell people like social media is a powerful tool if you use it right. Like, and be yourself. I tell her, like, it's amazing I could be myself this damn potty mouth and I make money. Like, I think that's the coolest shit ever. <laughs> like, I, I just be myself and my clients love that. But first I ask them, like, you know, normally I wait till they curse and then I curse and then I be happy, like, yes, you know, I ain't got to be all. Reserved because that's just not me. But I'm sorry, I'm long-winded. Oh, we love it. We love it. I'm glad you you touched on something that I do want to mention though. Like you uh you talked about what was happening in Detroit and how it was happening in a lot of the other cities, and I'm pretty sure you were regarding to like gentrification, right? Oh, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like whenever we look at that, and I think why it's so cool what you did, what you did, it kind of helped lead that wave. Because yeah. a lot of people, especially our people, were scared because it's like how you said, what they were really doing was publicly bashing all of these places. Like everywhere, it's all in the news. All you hear is bad news. And then they it's drive a, prices a, all the way it's down. A it's a system is what they do. It's like, that's why I don't really watch the news because they always show was bad shit about Detroit. They ain't showing the Detroit Riverfront. They ain't showing <laughs> that JP Morgan Chase just dropped over 115 million in Detroit to revitalize all these neighborhoods. They ain't showing that Chase and Capital City, uh, Capital Partners Bank is giving $5 million to help create more black developers. They ain't showing that. And I was in mm. that program. That wasn't all on the news. It should have been. Mm. I'm like, that's crazy. I love it. Yep. But I don't that's know. real. But that's cool that you, you took the initiative to be like, I'm going to be part of the solution and I'm going to like highlight the good parts rather than just being like, you know, I'm going to sit back and just be upset because they're not showing what I want them to show on TV. Yeah, because our uh, cousins in these nouns, they be like, well, I'm leaving Detroit. I'm, I'm like, going to leave. I ain't never leaving Detroit because everybody, all of us that's crossing eight mile going to the suburbs will not be able to afford to come back to Detroit. I'm going to say in probably two or three more years. And I've been saying that two years ago because I, I said about five to seven because it's happening. Like the neighborhood I've been talking about for years, the North End. I grew up over there, you know, dope boy city, 
but it was still a neighborhood because back, you know, back in the day, y'all probably know the dope boys didn't do their stuff where they lived it. They did it somewhere else. So the neighborhood was, you know, they pretty much kept the neighborhood safe, low key. Yeah. <laughs> so it was full of neighbors, uh, beautiful homes and everything. And then, you know, the, the, the beginning of the gentrification happened, how they, you know, the mortgage crisis happened in Detroit. So let me back up. So with the mortgage crisis, people who was working at the plants, right? They let's say they average salary per year was seventy five thousand, but with all the overtime, might have been two hundred thousand. So now you got this big badass house that you really can't afford because you basing it off your overtime. And then they had all them uh, them arm adjustable rate mortgages and the ones with the balloon payments and stuff. So around this time when Chrysler and all them laying off people, everybody balloon payment is starting to be due. And now you getting your hours cut and you really starting to see your real check. You really broke. You just, you know, overspending. And then once that happened, people just start losing their houses left and right. Like we talk, that's why so many neighborhoods in Detroit, that's just gone. Cause people just literally walked away from their houses and start squatting in another house. I've told my own family members, stop paying your uh, mortgage payment and move your ass across the street for 10 grand when it come on the auction block. And they did it. Cause if you don't pay your mortgage for a year, you're going to save 10, $15,000. Mm-hmm. And you'll go buy the same house. So that's why it was so many empty houses. Cause that junk was widespread. People were just leaving, moving out of state and stuff like that. Once they fixed the schools in Detroit, Detroit <clears throat> won't be fucking untouchable. That's the last thing they got. Cause the same thing happened in, fact, in Philly, you know, they got rid of, us pushed us out, closed all the public schools, and now look at Philly. You can't, you probably the shell for what, 150 now in Philly? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I follow a lot of big people who killing in Philly, and that's why I'm going to Philly to speak in two weeks because now they want to invest here because they see the same thing. Mm. Yeah, they see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But okay, so, so question is like, you know, kind of looking at it from our followers point of view if you being a person like you on the ground seeing all this uh, gentrification and how it's going down what would you suggest for people like to do if they see it coming you know they see something going on in their city like how would you suggest you go about it or go about preparing for it the first thing you need to do is cut whatever expenses you can so you can be in a position to start buying shit so if you're the type of person who eat out every day twenty dollars a day times seven is 140 dollars mm. you know that, that shit add up so like you better start cooking, go to Sam's Club and buying in bulk or something. That's the first thing. Like, start going through your expenses and see what I can cut. You know, when I was broke, my hair wasn't getting done. I was doing that shit my damn self. My nails weren't getting done. That shit was getting some clear polish. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to make your decisions. Like I tell people, everybody can afford to do what they want, but not what they need to do. So mm. our real estate meetups, the first thing I tell everybody, I don't want to hear, I don't have no money. You got money. You just made a choice to use your money in the fashion you wanted to. So, for example, if you see the gentrification coming, start cutting your expenses. Find other like-minded people and y'all pull y'all money together. I don't know why we don't do that, but we don't. I was like, if you and 10 of your other uh, nine cousins got fat-ass tax returns, why the fuck y'all ain't putting y'all money together going to buy shit? Especially from 2008 to 2014, I was getting houses for $500 damn. Because mm. at that point, people just wanted to get up out their house before it hit that credit and it would just give you the damn deed. Like I was straight up buying deeds for five, six hundred dollars when I first started wholesaling in 2013-14. And I would just resell that same deed to let's say you who just walked away from your other house, but you just got your tax return for five grand. I'm like, give me that five thousand. And the house might have ten grand of taxes on it, but it don't matter because you can go down to the county and get your taxes attested every February. 
You just got to pay the fee or either pay an attorney to do it and you can get your taxes lowered. So I'm, mm-hmm. so I did that a lot. I flipped a whole lot of these like that first year. Like I buy them five, sell them for 5,000. And I, the way I would market it to people is, dang, that's the rent. The way I would market it to people is if the payment that you would pay me for rent is more than what you would pay if you just got on the tax, uh, the tax plan. Your tax payment might be three hundred dollars. That's a win. That is a win. So I did that a whole lot because a lot of people taxes got so far behind five, ten, fifteen thousand. I ain't care. Give me that damn deal. Here goes five hundred dollars. I'm gonna always do a title search. Make sure my title clear first. As long as all on there is taxes, I buy them all day. I don't buy shit with old water bills, utilities, because that's your. You knew that damn water was high. I'm not paying that taxes. I pay that because I can, I can go attest it. I can go get it lowered. I can negotiate it. You know, my payment only be a couple hundred a month, or I just resell it. Mm-hmm. But I, that's, I, that's I, a very smart, very smart method. And yeah. I don't, yeah, getting creative, smart, entry level method. You yeah, like, I like it because I I didn't I don't hear too many people saying that's how they got started. So that's how I did. I ain't gonna tell no lies. <laughs> I like uh, it. I'm glad you mentioned your start too, because I know one thing we want to get back with to get on with you is uh the fact that you're a general contractor. Oh and yeah. We want to see like what made you want to go that route. Uh, I've always been in construction. At first, I wanted to be an architect when I first graduated from Jackson State, and when I found out what it took to be an architect, I was like, nope, fuck that. I'm not doing that. So basically, to become a licensed architect, I have to work under you until you feel I'm ready to go take my AIA exam. That could be five years, that could be 10 years, you could be a hating now, and that could never, ever, ever happen. <laughs> I was like, nope, I don't wanna do that no more. So then once I came back home, uh, I was gonna get my, first I was gonna get another degree in uh, civil engineering, but you know, I ran out of FAFSA money. So that's how I ended up getting my master's in construction management. I was like, well, if I'm gonna do this construction thing for real, the main issue with black and brown contracts is we don't know how to run no damn construction business, period, we don't. So I need to go get this master's so I can learn how to run a business. Forget doing the work. I need to know how to run the business part and I can find somebody to do the work. So mm-hmm. during the time while I'm in grad, I'm in grad school and then I'm uh, studying for my exam. So after I finished uh, grad school, they announced on the news since the, uh, the auto plants and all that was closing. And my degree kind of deals with automotive a little bit because it's industrial engineering. Mm-hmm. I went in there and lied. I sure did. It was like, I got laid off from the plant and they uh, paid for me to go to carpentry school. The only reason I went to carpentry school is so if Mr. Uh, Ray Ray trying to fuck me, I can stop it before it gets too far. And then ain't nobody fuck me if I know what the hell supposed to go on. And that's really the only reason I went to carpentry school. And then God forbid, if I got to step in and help, I can. Do I want to? No. But if I have to, I will. And I've done that. Like, I done fired contracts, like, get your ass off my site. And then me and my regular crew will go in there and finish it. Mm. But and I don't want to because it's too time-consuming. That's good, though, because, like, now you know what you're looking for, what's right. Like you said, you, you got an idea of what, what it costs, what type of labor time is going to uh, be going on. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a smart, smart method of saying, okay, let me prepare myself for what I'm about to get into. Yep. So while I'm studying, so while I'm in carpentry school, I'm studying for my builder's license because it all went together because a part of the builder's license is actually some carpentry questions that I really needed to know. So it went hand in hand. So carpentry school was like four months. 
But check this out. So when carpentry school over, me and the, uh, he wasn't even a teacher. I don't know who this white man was. Me and him got into it. So he like, um, hey, just a bunch of two by fours out in the truck. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he like, well, you need to get up and go help the rest of the guys get it. I was like, I don't need to get up and do a motherfucking thing. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm a woman. It is six able-bodied men in this damn class. I'd be goddamn if I get the fuck up and go grab anything. And he gonna stand by me like, well, if you don't get up and do it, something gonna happen. I was like, please touch me. I'm gonna lay out on this floor so dramatically, and I'm gonna own this fucking school. <laughs> <laughs> so then, when carpentry school over with, it's, it's time for us to get our certificate. You know, these white men, to this day, they have not given my certificate. And when he didn't give it to me, he, th- he was like, so what you gonna do and give it to me? Because uh, Michigan Works never paid them. So I've been here for four and a half months and y'all never got the payment from Michigan Works, which was the stipend program to pay for people to go, you know, change careers or whatever during this, this great crisis. And he like, well, Michigan Works never paid, never paid us. So I was like, so who the damn fool? You let my black ass in this class for four and a half months and then get no motherfucking money? Yo bad. <laughs> he like, well, if you want your certificate, you got to give us five thousand. I was like, I ain't got to give you shit because that's what you can't do for me, sir. You can't take what the fuck I learned. Fuck you and that piece of paper because I got an engineering degree. I just got my master's in construction management. Fuck you and that paper, man. That white man turned so hot, boiling red. He was like, what that? What I'm gonna do with this paper? Just, to, I mean, yeah, just to say I had it because I know I completed the task. But you can't take what I learned. Right. You can't take yeah. that from me. So fuck you. He mad as hell. <laughs> no, they probably like we ain't never used to do no black woman like this. Like she too smart. <laughs> yeah, you definitely mentioned something in there, and I was wanting to ask like, what what are the other uh, dealings have you had with being in a male dominant industry? Oh, I done got cussed out. My mouth didn't get this bad, so I got cussed out bad. Because at first, you know, I was still like cursed, not as much. But when I was working on the highway the first day on the job, I'm an intern. I got cussed clean out. I'm like, I didn't even do shit. Like, bro, I just pulled up. You mad at me, the inspector? Like, so after that moment, my boss, he came and went off and he's like, hey, you got to get, you can't be soft out here. Like, for real, you want to be in this man field, you kind of got to grab your nuts and keep rolling. I'm like, oh, you ain't saying nothing but a word, fam. But after that, they had tried to come talk to me crazy. I shut that shit down. And after that, I had all the respect on the freeway. Ain't nobody bothering me. We was cool. They was like, Asian, that up on your ass. She's sweet as pie. And she push your ass out. And I'm like, big facts. <laughs> so now, it's the same way in my company. Like, they know, like, I don't know. Me and my sons, we all, like, my sons has been rocking me for a minute. We cool. It's like, I'm so busy at the point now where I need to scale up. And when I tried to scale up twice last year, I got fucked. So now it's like, okay. I just do what I can with the people I've been rocking with. If I can't get to you, I can't get to you. And I scale up whenever it's, you know, meant for me to happen. But at least you tried. That's the, well, a lot of times people don't even try to try uh, to scale up. They try yeah. to and I know I'm going to keep trying, and I'm just going to keep trying until, just like when I first started, until this shit click and it worked. I'm, I mean, it's, some, it's still some good genuine people out here. That's what keep me, you know, at hope. But being in a, a male-dominated field, sometimes it was hard at first, but now it don't bother me at all. I'm Karen, because they know I cuss their ass out. Like, everybody in Detroit know either Asia going to cuss you out, she going to pay you, Asia going to pay you on time, and going to never be no problem with money. My whole thing is do what the fuck you say you're going to do. Like, you be a man or a woman or whatever gender you want to claim of your damn word. That's it. You say you're going to be there at this time, fucking be there. 
<laughs> say you gonna do this job, be there, cause I'm gonna pay you with a business check. We we straight legit over here. You filling out a W nine, ten ninety nine your ass at the end of the year. Ain't no cash app, ain't no Zelle. You getting a business check, bro, or you getting direct deposit. That's it. Cause that way, if I ever gotta sue you, I got proof that I paid. Oh, but yeah. you know that's cool because that's probably part of what you said you was learning before when you was like I know I got the know how but now let me go figure out how to run a business mm-hmm. you know I feel like that's a that's an element that a lot of people like lose out on or forget out on because it's like you know uh, for example I know chicks that know how to do hair very well but mm-hmm. do you know how to run a beauty shop you know what I'm saying do you know how to run a salon it's like you have to take those extra steps to be able to like put yourself in a position to be able to run the business especially if that's what you're trying to do for the long term. Yeah, I agree. Especially with them damn hair shots. Is you going to be there the appointment time you told me to be there? Like, that's what I be on with them hair shots. <laughs> that's another topic. <laughs> Whole another topic. <laughs> Whole another topic. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that, Jared, because that's really, that's something major too, like with the the, the skills. I, we always talk about skills and stuff on the show all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing we really don't always touch on is that like it take more than just learning a skill you got to learn how to be a business person too yeah so, yeah asia could you tell us more about that process for you like learning the business side of the general contractor work uh going to uh get my master that's how i really learned that and then it became of implementing it and then sticking to it like I got all. I got my contract from uh, RocketLawyer.com, which I love that site. You know, remember at this time I'm broke, so it's like a forty nine ninety nine fee, but the first seven days is free. So what did I do? Cause I'm broke. I went on there and downloaded every motherfucking contract I could find. Construction, <laughs> stuff, independent, uh, lease agreements, living will and testaments. Man, I was downloading everything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm using it for, but it's gonna come in handy one day. So while I'm in uh, grad school, I started adding different clauses to what, you know, Rocket Lawyer already gave me. And mm-hmm. then as uh, situations occur, like with lawsuits and stuff or issues with uh, clients, I just started adding more clauses. Now my contract 10 pages. Like, I'm so covered. It's crazy. Like, if you sue me, we can't go to court. We got to go to arbitration because arbitration in, in Michigan starts at like $750,000 because it ain't nothing but retired judges and they ain't cheap. And like I document everything. So when I worked on the highway, I was taught to always CYA, cover your ass. So I write down everything. I take pictures of everything. Perfect example, the other day, uh, I posted that somebody broke in my rehab. Dog's gonna try to say that it was somebody from distant construction. I went off on this one. I was like, use a goddamn lie. I got videos and pictures of this property. See, every time I leave the site, I made all my subs send me a picture of the whole house showing that it's secured and a video. And then a picture of the lock showing that they locked up properly. So, and God forbid something do happen like this time, I got my proof that it wasn't us. And in this video, I always make them say, this is so-and-so with Disney Construction Services on site at 12346 uh, Main Street in Detroit, Michigan. It is 7.25 p.m. on July 28, 2019. Here's the front of the house. Here's this, here's that. I got all that shit on my phone. So I said, they asked this long, man, I went off. I see y'all the email. <laughs> I, you know, when I went off with the video, you know, the owner of dogs fucking text me and then called me because I didn't respond fast enough. I'm like, damn, the owner calling me because I send them too much money for your subordinates to be fucking talking to me like this. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. 
So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, I always cover my ass, and so, what I... Uh, can you talk to, like, the followers on the importance or, like, at least how much money, the, the potential for money there is uh, in trades and stuff like that? Because I feel like that's kind of becoming a lost art in our uh, communities is learning about trades. Because that used to be something that a lot of black people knew about. Everybody, uncle or daddy knew how to fix something. But, like, now it's becoming uh, lost. I'm going to say this and y'all might get mad at me. Now, I'm not for Trump. But low-key, since he implemented that stuff about the borders, I have driven by several road sites and seen number black folk. All right. Hey, I ain't mad I, at I'm it. A real talk. Like, if you really think about it, right around y'all community, you ain't going to see too many uh, brown. I was like, damn, I guess he is keeping America working. <laughs> like, can't be really mad at that. And I told a lot of my friends that they was like, damn, I'm like, just ride around. Detroit, on the roads, you usually see number but a couple white boys and none but the uh, Mexicans and stuff. Now I ain't seeing number brothers. So that's a plus. But to answer your question, the uh, skills trades uh, is definitely needed. It's a dire need. Uh, I remember reading an article when I was in carpentry school about the rate that uh, people are retiring from the trade. They don't have enough people to replace them. That's why if you know, like in Detroit, they're really bringing back the trade. They opening up more trade schools, giving out grants for trades and stuff like that. Because you can make a killing. If you're an electrician for DTE, that's the utility company in Detroit, you bring it home about 200000 a year. And you a damn employee. Now, you can do that on your own, too, and be free. But you an employee. I used to be an industrial engineer for, uh, for DTE. Do you know the, the now who pumped the gas to fill up the truck make 1975? All he doing is filling up the damn DTE trucks. So if he make 1975, what's that African-American going up that damn pole to connect that uh, power to the house make? Dang. Them type of jobs, first of all, somebody got to die or quit to get, because ain't nobody getting, I'm going to get fired, I should say, because ain't nobody quitting. If you quit, use a damn fool, because when the, when the emergency time, like like this storm, do a power outages, oh, they getting like triple pay. Mm. And when outages happen out of state, they, they sending them there, because, you know, like natural disasters, a lot of people from Detroit went that work for the utility companies to like Puerto Rico and stuff like that. It's a need. It's a need for carpenters because somebody got to rebuild this shit. There's a need for plumbers, heating and cooling, uh, the electricians. There's a need for everybody. And welders. Welders make a killing. Before I got my license, I was about to go to welding school. Welders, Man. I think they start about $30, $40 an hour. And then when you get Man. to that, that road welding where you got to climb them tall shits, oh, we in $100, $150 an hour. Because, you, you know, you're risking your life every day. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a need for trades. Like, I've been trying to get a lot of my family into trades. I don't know why. One of my cousins, he kind of wanted to go into plumbing. I had connected him with the school at home. They they was basically looking for an 18 to 20-year-old. They was going to pay for them to go to uh, journeyman school for five years. And he wouldn't go. I'm like, bro, here go the application. I met the lady at this thing. She, like, just had him call me. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, nigga, really? I mean, now? <laughs> you think it's because, look, like, it's, it's the new age and, like, it, it can get looked down upon having a trade? That's exactly what I was about. I don't, I don't think it's that. I just think these new African-Americans is fucking lazy. Because that That's shit is true. hard work. You, you ain't going to just sit around and get no check. You're going to earn that damn money. And I yeah. think they're just flat out lazy. 
I was I was actually about to say the same thing. I was like, I think it's one it's so is looked down on. They're lazy too because they don't want to go out. Be like, oh man, I'm not about to work that hard for that. Yeah, oh I man, I'm not about to go. Day. My I'm not about to work one fifty just to come out and look at something. I'm yeah. like, I can't see you no picture. I, oh, you just gotta see it because you want that bread. Nigga, you about to look at this Facetime? Answer your phone. <laughs> Like, but we cool like that not to where he don't be taxing me because they know when the, the big jobs come, I'm going to throw it to him and stuff. But I'm like, I, I think it's the laziness. I think it's the, a lot of this new generation want everything handed to them. They don't want to earn nothing. And yeah, microwave you know, they, they pretty think... boys or girls. Like, but all the, the subs, I know, yeah, they be dirty as hell. When I see them out and about, I be like, I didn't even recognize you all clean, got your hair cut, you know. It's all cleaned up, got on real clothes. It's like wow, like and they they say the same when they see me out because I'm not looking all homeless all the time. <laughs> but you know something? Though? I think like I think it's also because of the like the image that's pushed. Like I don't think that we now true enough. I agree with y'all. I think it's those two two elements as well. But I think a third thing that kind of plays into it is like when people talking about you know those six figure you know a year jobs you know that you do. People don't mention stuff like plumber. They don't mention stuff like electrician, like carpentry. So like people don't be thinking about those type. They thinking you know I, I got to get after this bag. I got to get to this money. I got to go be a doctor. I got to go be a lawyer. But yeah, it's but like I'm, you don't I'm have to do that. That lawyer guy. So yeah, they earn a half million a year, but how much going back to student loans? Mm. To go to trade school, you might spend twenty five thousand, if that. Yeah. And trades is not just the for our name. It's other parts within the trade. You need people who need who got CDLs because somebody got to drive them big ass machines. Them mm -hmm. operators, 25, 35. When I was working on the highway, you know, I did a lot of federal jobs. So I saw the payroll because, you know, in federal dollars, you got to verify with a uh, payroll office that this is what they paying. Mm -hmm. The dude who holds a stop sign and say stop, yield flip, $18. Just hold a stop sign. Now it's hot, but you just holding stop sign and get eighteen dollars an hour. Brick masons, they twenty seven seventy five coming in. Now imagine as you got ten, your price going up. One of a, a, a big plumber I know I met off Instagram, he actually still got his job plus his company. He making seventy five dollars an hour. Damn. With his job plus he's a licensed plumber. That's crazy. Crazy. And That's he be posting all type of dumb shit on Instagram. He just bought a jet ski. <laughs> Uh, a boat. I'm like, Detroit ain't even that hot that long to buy no boat, bro. <laughs> but, you know, do you. You know what I'm saying? But it's just crazy. Like, and he, he a pipe fitter. That's his trade. He a pipe fitter. So and my, I, my little brother got a certification in pipe fitting. And I told him to go do it once he graduated. He didn't He didn't want to do it all summer, bro. You know, he going to be working for the next 50 years because this this just Detroit. Detroit is all over 320 some years old. Do you know Detroit still got wood pipes underground? What? Detroit still got wood pipes. I know these other old ass cities got them. Somebody got to replace them. They only replacing them as they burst, which is damn near every fucking day now because they so old. And mm. then like when people buy these old Detroit houses, I be telling them like this the big North End house I just finished. Now the water is coming up through the basement clean out and backing up in the basement and running back out because now her drain done collapsed. That's not in my contract to fix that. I was only fixing the plumbing in the house, but you gotta fix that. Mm. And she like, I never knew this would happen. How this house got built in 1909? What are you talking about? <laughs> everything not gonna last it was not a tube in that house when i uh, gutted that house it was no insulation in there so whoever lived there i know your bills was high as hell detroit get cold 
And it's like, it's stuff like that that people don't think about when they buy an old house. That's why I turn down a lot of rehabs. At this point, if I can't do the rehab the, the right way that I know that it's going to stress me out and go pass expense, I'm not even touching them. Because I had one client, this last house I did, and I shouldn't have did it. It was an old wood house. I should have uh, walked away and never did it. These fools wanted us to keep the knob and tube that was okay and then connect new wiring to the knob and tube. If this ain't a fire hazard, I don't know what is. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm trying and to get like, you to do some illegal stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I would never do that. Never. And it was some other stuff we did in the house that I should have never agreed to that I did. And that was the house that made me be like, that's it. I, if, if push comes to shove, I'll take my – I got an engineering degree. I can always go back and get a damn job. That was all my always my philosophy when I first was like, I'm going to do this business thing and take it serious. If this don't work, the main reason why I started my company is when that lady laid us off or whatever, I was like, I don't never want to be this broke due to somebody else. Like, mm. my business is why I was flat broke. I was like, if I'm ever this broke, it's because the shit didn't work that I was trying to do and every other thing failed. And if this don't work, I can always go back and get a damn engineering job. I might take a pay cut because I ain't worked in the, you know, the field technically so long, but I can still go get a job. And it got to those points. And you know when they always say that uh, after that fifth year, around that fifth year is when you start getting tested and you be wanting to quit, that shit happened to me. Last year was my fifth year full time. I had went and applied for a job, got the job, didn't take it because it was in Rochester Hills, which is like 45 minutes from downtown Detroit, which is the neighborhood I'm kind of in. I had to go to Rochester Hills, pick up the work truck, then drive to Novi to go to the site and be there by 7 o'clock. I'm like, what? For $25, when I left the highway, I was making $35, $32 an hour. I don't think so. I was like, I'm just about to go even more hard, see why I'm slacking, and the rest is kind of history, and it took off. But that, that fifth year stuff ain't no lie, man, like for real. I think I think that's a really like that was really important for the followers to hear, though, and like for the listeners to hear, because it's like not only has she been in business, she's been in business for a while. It's her fifth year and things get difficult enough to where you like, man, I don't know. I, I got to kind of question this entrepreneurship stuff. And then when you about to reenter the job field, you realize that like nobody trying to pay you the value that you feel like you worth. And so like that, that's a message to the listeners. Like if you're trying to get the value that you worth. You might have to go out there and, and think about entrepreneurship or think about other things that you can control, like what you said, your check not depending on somebody else. I worked was 2013, so that's 14, 15, 16, 18. This is my sixth year full time. And I don't regret it. I was like, I maxed out all these damn credit cards. Like, I go bankrupt before I go back to work. Like, that's how hard <laughs> I went. I was dead serious. I'm at home. My mama's saying I got no bills for real. Like, I'm paying off my student loans and stuff like that. But that's why I'm still at home. It's like, I can move out right now, but it's like, for what? We the only race who forced our damn kids to leave. I mean, my mama never did. I was just an idiot and was ready to go. But, I mean, I just don't understand that. Like, I'm going to stay home till my husband come move me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what other races do, if you think about it. You're right. A lot of times. Yeah. You're definitely right. The girl, she stay home until she get married. So... Can you can you touch on that part too though? As far as like having uh, sometimes, I guess what it takes like the humility to go back home and like to be able to stay with your people and build your build your nest while you're there. Like, was that a hard experience for you, or was that an easy decision? Was it just? Um, it wasn't hard, but it was like only thing I really missed was my privacy because you know my mom's seventy three and she still act like I'm seven. 
So ain't no closed doors. You know how they go. She mm-hmm. real old school, but she, I mean, it ain't bad like that, but she just old school. And I, I respect it because that is still her house regardless of what I pay or whatever. But it wasn't really hard. When I made the decision, I called my mom. I was like, mom, I got to come home. She was like, baby, come on. And that was that. So my mama always had my back, my auntie. She live in the senior building. I'm like, well, I don't know how, but you can stay here. I'm like, hell yeah, it's going to get put out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just said, my family had my back. So it, I don't think it was a humiliation thing. I know, I remember when I first decided to go home, I cut off a whole lot of people. Like, I just stopped dealing with a whole lot of unnecessary people because that's the decision that I made to go home and to really focus on my business. And I knew to do what I needed to do. I couldn't be around no nigga bullshit. In fact, I just couldn't. So I stopped talking to a whole lot of people to this day. I really fuck with them. If I see them, I don't know about, oh, hey, Asia, what's up? Or they'll come with their little, hey, shit, how your little business? My little business is great. My little business did $400,000 last year, and my little ass did that shit by my damn self. So imagine if I got help, I'd be at a million dollars. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's another story about, you know, <laughs> your circle and all that. Yeah, I was actually just about to ask you about that. I was about to say, so what has been, like, some of the challenges of, like, trying to build a team? Have you tried to build a team around you? And, like, it's just, like, some people just bullshitting? Or you haven't really just wanted to build a team around you? Uh, it's not about BS, and I'm real particular about stuff. The team I built with the uh, the people I did the seminar with, uh, that actually just came about. I don't even – the best friendships that I ever formed is people I don't really remember how the hell we met. And I don't know if y'all can contest to that. Like, I don't remember yeah. how I met everybody, but like I tell a lot of business owners, just keep being yourself and doing you. Somebody's watching it and going to reach out to you. So the team I built as far as on the investing side with uh, our new thing, Detroit Investing in All-Stars, is we just was out here doing our own thing. We gravitated towards each other. But as far as building an in-house team, I really do think I'm going to be more hiring the VAs because I'm at the point now where I'm tired of answering the phone. Like, little task stuff, I really do need to, uh, like, kind of outsource to free up more time. But eventually, I will. I, I have to hire a project manager because I can't keep being everything. Like, I'm customer service. I'm human resources. I just hired a CPA last year, which, you know, eased up a lot of stuff because I was doing my own bookkeeping and everything. Yeah, I know that that can get pretty tiring because it's four yeah. of us, and sometimes, like, it'll be like shit get hectic. So. Yeah, and it's for y'all. It's just me, my mama, my secretary, but she retired. She ain't trying to do no shit. Like, you know, <laughs> secretary and name only. Yeah, that's it. And she, and she listed up. So on my LLC docs, you know how they, we always talk about generational wealth. So how people set up their LLC makes a difference. So mine, I'm 100% owner of this construction, but my mom's my vice president. My sister is my, uh, my, co, my co-chairman of Harvard, got my co-CEO, and my aunt is my secretary. So that's really, and you know, we all have equal, you know, vote, even though they both don't matter, but on paper it look good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I be telling people like, y'all can do the same thing too. Start a trust fund, you know, it's not that hard. We be, you, everybody got a, a, an iPhone or Android or whatever type of smartphone in your hand. You're only ignorant by choice because it's up to mm-hmm. you to decide what the hell you want to punch into Google or YouTube to learn. It said again for the people in the bank. One time, yeah. <laughs> Again, we got Professor G and YouTube University getting mentioned. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Everybody got a smartphone. It's up to you what you put in that damn Google search bar or that YouTube bar. Like, something has to click in your mind. My thing with black people, you got to get tired of, like, the BS. Like, it got to get boring. If you partying all the time, for one, you broke. 
soon as you get your check, you gone. If you drink, go to the club, buy an outfit, get your hair done. For a woman, that's about two hundred dollars. For one, for one event like that, to me, that's crazy. Luckily, I've never been a go out type of person, so that wasn't hard for me. And I don't drink well anymore. I used to drink in college, but that's another story. But <laughs> the reason why I stopped drinking in college because the shit was too expensive. I'm a broke college student. I can't keep afford to drink this Crown Royal and this E and J and this Hennessy. So I just stopped drinking. I feel like I found my best friend, y'all. Like for real. (laughs) (laughs) Like real talk. I'm glad you're speaking on that too, though, because like anytime we mention stuff like that, people act like you know we we trying to count somebody's pockets, but it's like we're not trying to count pockets. We done been broke before. We them same people. Like I I done went on a trip before and came back and was wondering, like, man, what can I cook in this cabinet? You know what (laughs) what I'm saying? Hey, hey. Well, I was straight broke back against the wall, lost my house. Like, I used my money to get that license. Only bills I paid was the Wi-Fi bill and the utilities. That's it. I ain't pay nobody else. I ain't pay my condo dues. I was like, I was like, fuck everybody. You can't just walk up here. I know my rights. You can't just come up in here. You can't set me out for one because back then it was too many foreclosures. Like I lived mortgage free for a year and a half. What? A year, and that's nothing. I know people who's in their houses four, five, six years and then pay no more. Because you got to remember, the mortgage price happened in 2008, really 2007. It is just an affect us until towards the end of 2008. I shouldn't have bought my condo. So I bought my condo for 66000 in September 2008 is when I closed. And I had just uh, came back home for about a year or two after I graduated and stayed with my mom. And then my debt was worth 15000 when the when the crisis happened. Damn. So an investor ended up buying it from the bank for like twenty something on the short sale. So that so my credit ended up healing itself because it, it didn't have a foreclosure. It had you know the settle for less agreed or whatever like that. Damn. But I don't regret it. I if I do that shit today if I had to. I don't care. <laughs> I, I believe in myself that much. If my mama believed in me that much, I went to uh Fortune Builders. That's how I learned how to wholesale. And then I bought a course from uh. Phil Phil Whiskey, he got all type of videos on YouTube for a thousand dollars, and you know how they pick you to go to the next level thing that was just like thirty thousand. My mama had just retired and got a hell of a lump sum for some shit that happened at her job, and she was like, "Baby, I'll give it to you." And I was like, "Damn!" Like my mama, I'm telling you, my mama got my back. She was about to give me that fifteen grand to be one of their students, but I'm thankful that I got sense enough to know well my that fifteen thousand we can go buy about six or seven houses because this was mm-hmm. two thousand twelve. And houses was dirt. Like the house next door to us was on the market for twelve thousand dollars. And to this day, I hate myself for telling my mama don't buy it because I didn't know what I know now. And now that house probably worth at least two twenty five. Cause we right by the water. Damn. Right. So I be kicking myself. That's like, time though. Huh? That's a short ass time for that value. Oh, because of where we at. So the neighborhood we live in is uh, Island View slash West Village. So literally, I can walk to the Detroit River from my house. I might be three or four blocks. So it's always been a nice neighborhood. Our houses are new construction. The house on the corner two years ago was Section 8 apartment building, right? All of a sudden, I'm like, they just kicked all the niggas out. What's going on? They think I know a fence go around. I'm like, oh, shit, something about to happen. Because when they put up the fence and there's no truck passing, something about to go down. Across the street from that building is an old Catholic school. Turning that boy into lost and penthouse. This is on my block. Like, this is my block. You cross the little side street, and it's the next block. My property value just went up crazy. 
Them condos starting at two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they damn near sold out. It's mm -hmm. white people in my neighborhood jogging their little dog at two in the morning. First of all, that's a a red flag. I tell people all the time, how do you know gentrification is about to happen in your neighborhood? When I worked on the highway, I went to this meeting in 2008, and they showed us the plan for Detroit road construction to 2030. So that's how I know what neighborhoods are being gentrified. The first thing they had us do was put in them goddamn bike lanes, and we putting them in the hood. I'm talking about Chicago and Tyrone. You from Detroit, you know that's the hood. We putting in bike lanes. We putting in new handicap ramps. You ain't never cared about none of my black friends that was handicapped. And if they got up and down the sidewalk safely, that was a red flag. They, uh, what else they do? They start tearing down houses, not just one or two, like by the block in certain neighborhoods, but not everywhere else. But at the time, Detroit was broke. We was going through bankruptcy, right? Then after that, just it was just other little stuff. And then now, all the bridge work and the freeways they was talking about fixing is now happening. So everything from I-94 coming downtown, all oh, that's about to be gentrified because their plan is from the outskirts. They want Detroit to look beautiful. So everything along like Telegraph, uh, 8 Mile, and like Bernier, and well, which is 8 Mile, and like 94, that kind of like sections the city off. So everything that borders the suburbs, they want to look good coming in. And I seen this in 2008. I just didn't know what the hell I was looking at until I got into real estate. That's crazy. But, and, and then with you being in the middle of that gentrification, just to, to make sure it's clear and out there, ain't nobody forcing you to leave. Can't nobody force y'all off y'all property. Y'all oh, just mean, be that raise value. The only thing they do now, they, they, it is to the point where I've heard, like, it's this neighborhood called Jefferson Charmers, right? Always been a, not really nice, but it borders Gross Point, Michigan. It's like this little pocket, but Justin Charmers, what makes this a gold mine is any one of them streets in that neighborhood to take you straight to the Detroit River. And it's another neighborhood within that neighborhood called Harbor Village. And there's some badass houses. Like, the, your backyard is Detroit River. You can put a, dock, a boat dock up your shit. And because of that, these inside hand-colored people want that neighborhood. They already put bike lanes over there. It was some old liquor stores. They done gutted and put apartments up top and put a damn coffee shop and a, a, a damn record store down south. Uh, who still got a damn record, first of all? That's the first question. They got a record store. Like, they buy old records, and I guess you can resell them or something like that. Who, who buying this? I don't know. That's what I'm I've saying. I've only seen them in, like, Austin and San Diego, like the hippie side. But, I, know, who buy, bro, if you pull out a record in my car, you getting fried. <laughs> I can see if you're like a collector or something. That's you know the only thing I can see. You put this over here on Jefferson and Chalmers. And then they uh they put the bike lanes down and then they put them little dumbass medians that go down the street and you gotta go all uh, up a mile to bust a U-turn. They put mm -hmm. them in. And I'm like, don't nobody else see this? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Yay. It's just crazy. And it's another neighborhood like that. They uh, they started gentrifying it. They put a coffee shop. I don't know if y'all know anything about Detroit gangsters. There's this uh, old gangster group called YBIs, Young Boys Incorporated. They ran the D. Like late sixties up to the mid eighties, the neighborhood that they ran has been is becoming gentrified. I'm looking at a house the other day, white boy right across in front of me on a damn huffy. I'm like, don't nobody see this? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't nobody else notice this? 
It's a coffee shop on Dexter and Davidson. That is the hood in Detroit. But over there, you got some big, beautiful ass houses. They just need to be gutted and put back together. We talking about 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 square foot houses and two family flats. Okay. But that's good that you, you're, you're seeing the, the change, but you're seeing it as an opportunity to invest and to change it. I see it as both. Like, I be getting mad. I don't know if y'all saw the video I posted a couple weeks ago, and I was like, look at these white people frolicking. <laughs> like, I was mad, but I be happy at the same time because, you know, I get work from it. But at the same time, I be mad because I don't understand why we're not investing. Like, I tell people all the time, if you and your cousins got 10 grand in, in a tax return, y'all should have went and bought something. And if y'all don't trust each other, that's what paperwork for. Paperwork gonna hold up in court any mm. damn day. I'm a paperwork gangster. Everybody in Detroit know that. You signing something before you work with me, period. Because if I got to sue your ass, I need something in black and white that's going to cover me. Right. I, and I, I try to tell, I, I don't know why. I've been trying to get my family on that for years because they, they've they had that issue with a lot of different contractors where, you know, people don't, uh, they don't do the construction on time. They don't do it how you're supposed to do it. And they whole mentality, the way that they went about it was, well, you know, you can't work with black people. It's like, no. No, you can't work with paper and then hold them to a standard. You can't work with niggas. Uh-oh. 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 About to step on some toes now. Mm. That's the problem. Hey. Hey, I can agree. With I, that. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Me too. Like because even with with running this, we run we ran into some problems. It was just like, like you people, my people, my people. Yes. But also, I did want to. I wanted to ask some questions about some stuff too. Like, um, I know with Detroit. I hear some interesting things as far as like that I wanted to get to get out to the uh, followers. I know you had mentioned the Detroit All Stars. Uh, I've heard different stuff about like y'all land contracts, like oh, different. Yeah, or, see, I wanted to talk about that, like get some of that out there to the followers too, because I know some people have never heard of that type of stuff. Because when I first heard of it, I heard of it on a podcast, and I was like, "Wait, they doing what? How that work? You know?" Well, Okay, so a land contract, they've been around for years in Detroit. They got real big with the mortgage prices because people needed somewhere to go, but their credit was messed up because, you know, they, they got foreclosures on their credit. You know, mm-hmm. foreclosures take, I think, five to ten years to fall off compared to a short sale is just two years to readjust itself. So a land contract is basically, let's say you, Jared, you are a homeowner and you're looking for a property. You just got this fat-ass tax return. I got ten grand. i am like, cool, shit, I got a house. Bam. Right. You're going to give me that ten grand as a down payment or non-refundable fee because you remember we all about that wording, right? Right, so right. You're give me that. Your next payment is going to be due, let's say, in 30 days of 800 a month plus 10% interest in whatever fee. So let's say a total of 1100 with insurance, property taxes, uh, and I'm charging you 10% interest or whatever. So mm-hmm. you're going to pay me that for 10 years. And then once 10 years is up, I'm going to deed this house over to you for $1 because, you know, we don't even know what I really made on it because then they're going to make you pay hella taxes on that for the transfer fee, and now you own the house. So basically, as a land contract uh, landlord, you become Bank of America. You become the mortgage holder. And then you because if you look at it, this is how I found this out about banks. My mortgage was through Bank of America Countrywide. The actual Bank of America don't really own your house. It's investors who back them. Because mm-hmm. on my short sale document, it has somebody else's name. And I'm like, this ain't Bank of America. So that's how I found that out. Gotcha. But we do, we do land contracts heavy in Detroit. 
uh, they have kind of changed the laws because there's a lot of land contract slumlords, and before they changed the law, niggas was getting raked on that interest rate because in the state of Michigan, the max interest is 24.99%. So if you wanted to, you could charge that. <laughs> so they had to put some rules and regulations on that. So um, now what it is, you can't do no more than three land contracts a year, but you know us Detroiters, we real crafty. So how did we get around that? Let's say me and Jared got an LLC together, boom, that's three land contracts. Me and mm-hmm. Kelly got a uh, LLC together, that's three more land contracts. Asia Densa got some by herself, that's three more. So now we got nine land contracts that we can do together. So is this an opportunity that's like still currently open? Can the followers like right now listening to this be like, oh, we hold up, tax season coming around. I can get with my family. I got a cousin here, there, doing. We're going to get in Detroit and go buy us a land contract out. Yep, because there's still a lot of people who want to be uh, homeowners. I just actually finished. Well, I didn't do a land contract. I did a rent to own, remember, wording. So mm. with a land contract, you have to enforce it just like a mortgage foreclosure. So in the state of Michigan, I have six months to redeem myself. So I cannot make a mortgage payment for six whole months, but on that last day, if I pay all the bank payments plus uh, fees or whatever, I redeem myself, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I was so many houses in the foreclosure thing because you got your right of redemption plus is the asshole to foreclose. So now if I do a rent to own, you a, you a, a, you kind of like a, a rental tenant with option to buy. So now instead of me, having to take three to six months to push you out my shit because you're not paying, you get right. treated like a ready to take Now you got to be out my shit in 30 days or less or uh, seven to 10 days, seven day to pay. Gotcha. So I just did a, a rent to own me and uh, my boy. We bought this house for 5,000 back in October, 2014 from an older couple who retired and was moving to the suburbs. Well, really 6,000 because we had to get a realtor a thousand. We put, um, 2500 into the rehab so we out of what 8500 we messed up we didn't really know what the fuck we was doing but we like we heard about this land contract shit god damn it i'm a trap and i'm gonna figure it out <laughs> so we didn't charge no interest we charged them 700 a month but they were going to pay the property taxes and the uh, insurance themselves and then they was like well we can't really afford that how much it'd be if you pay it so we went up to 850 which i prefer anyway because I don't want to lose the house to tax foreclosure because they're not paying the taxes. Mm. And so they paid us eight fifty a month plus fifty dollar late fees, and they was late a lot of times. That's cool because every time that was another fifty dollars, and uh, we ended up making almost forty grand on that house because we we had it for four years. Now where we mm. our mistakes was this: we should have did ten years. The minimum people normally do in trade is a ten year land contract minimum. So we should have did ten years, and we should have charged interest. And I probably should have had a processor company service the loan so just like how bank of america send you your little mortgage statement every month it's companies in detroit who who will do that for you and that way you're not direct to them and they'll pay the taxes out of the payment they take their fee in too but at this time you know i'm just really getting started i wanted all my money but now going forward i would probably hire them to do it because that's a less headache i gotta worry about so just just confirming and making sure i heard you right (laughs) y'all messed up yeah bear in mind y'all fucked up Spent eighty five hundred dollars and got forty thousand back. Yeah, it was like thirty because I put it in my seminar. I'll send y'all the uh, presentation we did this week if y'all want to see it too. But I put it in there and broke the numbers down because with late fees we got like an extra damn near two grand. But it was always late, and it got to the point where I was like, I'm not about to keep telling you that your ass late. The next letter from me gonna be a seven day notice to evict. Once I said that, we had no more late payments or 
they'll let me know, Asia, I'm going to be late. Yes, we're going to add the late fee. We had no problems. Because everybody know I put them out. I don't give a fuck. Family, you didn't know my shit. Cause, and that's, 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 the luck, that's the plus thing about a land contract and a rent to own. If the tenant do fuck up, put their ass out and start all over again. Boom. Boom. <laughs> and get you another $5,000 down payment or whatever. Hey y'all, so y'all better this this we just a lot of people hit us up asking what's the entry level, like what's something easy or lower point cheaper that I can do? What where can I start out? We just told you where you can start out. You and your cousins, your aunties, your uncles can go get y'all tax returns, take y'all by eighty five hundred dollars, ten thousand dollars, something like that. So you know, make sure you for the rehab and go to Detroit, go get you a land contract crib. Yeah. Now, now mind you, this was twenty fourteen, so I've been lucky and I've still got a couple $5,000 houses here and there, but now that $5,000 house might run you about 15 to 25. Okay. Which still isn't bad. It's still not bad. It ain't nothing compared to what neighbor. That's why a lot of my clients are from Cali, Toronto, uh, New York. When I, when I went to New York with uh, for Matt, uh, MG Mortgage Guy event, he had me speak at the Wealth Conference. I almost had an asthma attack and damn numbers folks was telling me and the size of the house she was getting. I'm like, what? A thousand square feet is four hundred. You you give me four hundred thousand dollars in Detroit, I'm buying ten forty thousand dollar houses or ten twenty thousand dollar houses and putting twenty grand into the rehab, or I'm buying me a badass fully occupied apartment building with at least twenty five to thirty five units for four hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy to me. That's who my ass was flaring up. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm like this is crazy. That is wild. But, yeah, I know you, you also mentioned it. The, the the Detroit the uh, All Stars like what's 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 that what's the Detroit All Stars all about? Detroit Investing All Stars started because uh, last October one of my clients from the Bronx he owns a lot of bars and properties in Detroit. He's like, Age, I want to fly you out to come speak to my investment group about investing in Detroit. I'm like, all right, cool, no biggie, just you know, pay my flight. I don't do Spirit, I don't do uh, I really don't like Southwest, and I don't do hotels. I got to enter from the outside. He like, I want to do you like that. I'm just letting your ass know. When you see me that hotel confirmation, it's some two-star bullshit, I'm not coming. And if it's on spirit, Negro uh, air, I'm not getting on that bitch either. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, dead ass serious, so you better pay for flight insurance. And he's like, no, I'm putting you on Delta. I'm like, all right, cool, make sure the window seat, we straight. So <laughs> I get to New York, I tell my boy Marcus, I was like, Marcus, I think you need to come with me because something's telling me this is bigger than what I think it is. I think it's going to be about five or ten people. It was mm-hmm. 60 fucking people there. So when I seen that, and he made it free. He oh he made he so out of the sixty, thirty was his close investors, and the other thirty he let me put the link on Eventbrite and and just invite anybody. Mm. So sixty people showed up. And I'm like, damn, is that many people in New York who want to invest in Detroit? That's how the whole tour started. And I was like, oh, I'm coming back. So I started looking at where my clients are from, and they're all from places that their real estate is just crazy high, and that's why they invest in Detroit. So that's how all this started. So I pulled in Marcus. He's an amazing broker in a property management company in Detroit because that's the other big side of investing in Detroit. You need somebody to manage the property and know what they're doing. Emma, she's one of the few black-owned title companies in Michigan, so I had to bring her on because she know that title like the back of her hand. Then my boy Zeke, me and him uh, started both broke together. Now he like the king of Detroit flips. Like he's flipping like crazy. Like his average property on the flip in Detroit is twenty-five to forty thousand, and I never thought that was possible in Detroit until he started doing it. Because Detroit just wasn't there yet, but it is. You just got to be in, you know, key neighborhoods. That ten thousand dollar house, no, that's not there. 
that's probably like a fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollar house, and you're gonna put twenty to fifty in it and then sell it for the difference. So that's how this started. So we came up with the name, we got it uh, you know, incorporating all that. So we presented it at the seminar yesterday, like the t-shirts and stuff. So it's gonna be a lot of good stuff coming from it. I love it. I love the collaboration, <laughs> the team effort. Y'all yeah. y'all coming together yeah. to like really put on for y'all city. Um, um, and it, it's really dope. And I like how you mentioned the tours because um who are we talking to? Who are we talking to Gary from Charm City Bars? She's like, you know, you got the best one of the best tours about yeah. Detroit out here. Yeah, I did take them out. Uh because um when they came to Detroit, they was like, well, you gonna give us a tour? I was like, Yeah, and it wasn't nowhere near how to do my clients, it was enough because I have so many clients when I the tour started because I would take my clients around and just do it. And I'm like, this shit taking a whole day. I gotta start charging for this. But a lot of my clients would never venture out of downtown where their hotel was if I wasn't taking them out. I'm like, Detroit got some amazing houses. We have some amazing communities. Like, that's it. Like, I'm about to actually about to write an ebook right now on like different restaurants and things to do in Detroit that I like to do just mm-hmm. to force people to leave fucking downtown. It's more to Detroit than downtown. Like, the neighborhoods is what really brought downtown back. But yeah, my tour is the shit. I'm doing a tour uh, this year, and this one's gonna be bigger and better than last year. When you got your date already? Yeah, uh, I'm about to go fill out my little credit card form. We get off uh, September 26th through the 29th. The early bird tickets is 2500. That's because I'm including your hotel stay at Greetown Casino, which is my favorite hotel. So you can gamble and play, do your do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm including six meals. I'm gonna feed y'all. Uh, the meet and greet gonna be on the uh, on the river. Like we gonna tour Detroit from the river. Like we gonna be real black and bougie with. It. Hey, hey, y'all heard? Y'all get them dates down. Give it to them one more time. September what? September 26th through the 29th, and your hotel is included in six meals, you know, six of them. So that's breakfast and lunch, basically. And you just got to basically get to Detroit and get to the hotel, and I got you from there. And it's really a tour and a mastermind, because I'm going to be with y'all the whole four days. Yeah, so if y'all want to invest in Detroit, get to learn, really learn Detroit from walking through it, going through it, y'all... Look, go sign up with my girl for the tour, and yeah, y'all go turn up with her. Yeah, and I'm gonna see y'all the flyer and uh, you know, click y'all link and stuff when I get it together. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, already understood. Gotcha. So look, we're gonna we're gonna roll on to the last topic here. We're gonna get into what's your timeline. So basically, if you got anything you saw on your timeline, I know your I know your page be popping, so I know it's probably gonna be something crazy. But anything you want to talk about, anything that you have that you feel like you want to just mention? Uh, I'll, I'll go with what I posted today. It was a video of some dude singing some gangster rap song, but it was a church song. I never laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> I, I posted it earlier today. This is nothing educational or inspirational at all. <laughs> hey, it's fine. <laughs> Not nothing. <laughs> Hey, she the first one to do this. <laughs> hey, and I like it. <laughs> like, just a little disclaimer. This is not going to help you anyway grow, shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> so, Asia, where mm-hmm. can the people find you if they want to connect with you on Instagram, if you got a website? How can they get in touch with you? Get updates oh. about these tours. 
The business page is uh, <laughs> Distant Construct Serve, which is short for Distant Construct Services. And I have another one for the Detroit Property Shop. But if you want to see me, me and my personality and the crazy stuff I post, that page is Lady Contractor. Don't let that deter you from doing business, though. Because they just hey, jokes. They just jokes. <laughs> follow, follow Lady Contractor, y'all. Y'all follow y'all Lady Contractor. It's a good thing. <laughs> like, when people meet me, they be like, you the same way in person. I'm like, ain't I'm supposed to be? <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah, social media, though, so. But I like that though. I like that y'all add that element to it. Cause a lot of people think like entrepreneurs or people who invest like investors have to look or act a certain way. And they're like, y'all make it look fun. Y'all make it look yeah. cool. I got a lot of clients. I used to think that too when I first started. And then I really started understanding money and how we as black people be flossing and be broke as hell. When mm -hmm. I started dealing with real millionaires, they be looking <laughs> homeless, <laughs> like <laughs> homeless. I mean, but they paid. Cause they priorities is about different things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's real. Like all my clients who got bread, you'll never know. And I, I ain't gonna lie. Like I'm kind of the same way. A lot of my friends, they'll be like, man, why you don't buy you this? Or I'm like, man, I don't need that. Like a lot of them, they'll be like, Hey man, you want, you want this? And like, they'll be having like nice clothes. Cause they always shopping. So mm -hmm. I just be like, yeah, I'll I'm take team. it. But like, I really don't care about these clothes. Like, right. I'm team Old Navy. I love Old Navy. Like, oh, y'all got a sale and I got a coupon. Oh, I'm there. I And I know how to coupon. Like, that's like when I was broke, you know, remember I'm, I'm broke. So I got to learn how to do stuff. I had food stamps the whole now. Like, I was not ashamed. Like, oh, y'all give me 160 a month. Thank you. So now I got to make this 160 last. So I started watching uh, extreme couponing. Mm. And I started learning. I knew how to coupon, but not. I ain't even at that level yet. But I was still saving. But all my friends, now we'd be out somewhere. I'm like, oh, y'all got Groupon? Scan. Thank you. I'm not ashamed. Hey, Groupon like, is the goat. Like I love Groupon. In Florida, I've been all on Groupon. All these kids we got down here, up kids stuff. Groupon. Thank you. <laughs> But you know what I'm finding out there's a lot of stuff like it just be out there like programs and enrollment stuff that like you go there and you buy the stuff anyway all day every day so like why not at least get a kickback for it? Perfect example credit cards. People are like how you be flying? Uh, my American Express is linked to Delta and every time I swipe I get a point. So one of my uh, American Express cards is a business platinum and I got a personal platinum right? So mm -hmm. every year when you renew your fee, I think it's a $95 fee, you get one free companion flight. You can take anybody you want on the trip with you domestically, and all you pay is $11.20 for the damn taxes plus the insurance. So when me and my sister went to go see my dad last month, her ticket was $11.26, Tony said, and mine was $2.56. So I bought two tickets for $2.75 hey. on Delta. Asia's big book of finesses. Yeah, we Just like another, y'all been following me like how I use credit cards to buy houses. Like I never knew I could do that until I tried. I'm like, well, I be dead. This shit work. <laughs> I was I was listening to something else and they was driving game on that. But I, how does that work? I, I talk about this. This is a paid consultation. Y'all getting pretty uh Oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> so. All right, how I found out was I got a Southwest Airline card. I think my limit is 26000 or something. And they sent me a bunch of blank checks one month. And I'm like, blank checks? So I read this letter. Like, maybe they got the wrong person. You know what I'm saying? Send me some checks, folks. And I started reading. It was like, these are called balance transfer checks. You can use these checks to pay off anything. You can go pay off any old debt, another credit card, or pay yourself. And I was like, self? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Aha. Uh -huh. 
And then I was like, all right, so I wrote a check, 10000 distant construction services from Asia Denson, right? Put that shit in my account. Once it clear, I want to go, I want to buy a house. Boom. Now it's to the point where you can do a online transfer for extra $30 if you want your money immediately. That's cool. The other thing is, uh, usually you got, I do it when they do send me the percentage, the the sales or whatever, not a sale, but like a, a deal. So they'll do like 18 months, 0% interest or 24 months, 2.7%, whatever. When you go, so if I take the whole 25000 off my check, they're going to charge me interest uh, after the 18 month time is up, plus a, a origination fee of, I think it's like 600 bucks. So for me to take off the whole 25, it's going to cost me 25, six plus, you know, whatever interest rate if I don't pay it back within that 18 months. So I can go buy a $5,000 house, rehab it by then. Either I had the tenant pay it off or I'd be flipped it and then pay it off. And then after I pay it off, I wait 30 days. I call and ask for another increase so I can do this shit again. I saw Doug Depp talking about that. Like oh, I was listening to him talking listen about that. That's crazy. Five, that's a really cool. millionaire podcast, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a cool method. It, people was tagging me like, "This is shit you be talking about." I'm like, "Yeah, this shit real." Like, I didn't know till I did it. Hold hey, on, I, I gotta find me some of these checks. <laughs> yeah, <gonna> <laughs> like, every month, Chase sent me six blank checks, and the, the rental I just bought, I uh, thank you, Chase Visa, for your services, cause that's how I paid for that damn house. Hmm. Hey, leverage, true like, thing. Mm-hmm. All these finesses, all this. Like American Express give out small business loan, they give you two million dollars. Well, we thank you, everybody, again for tuning into the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. We, we thank week. you, Asia, for coming through on oh, the podcast. Thank you all for having me. Touch. I feel so honored to be on BWR. Like I done made it. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> it. It was such a fun episode. Uh, definitely enjoyed talking to you. I'm pretty sure all the guys, we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Once again, y'all go to our page. If y'all know any CPAs out there, let them go. Know, let them know we got the CPA directory uh, popping. We got the realtor directory popping. We're about to get the financial advisor directory popping too. Um, we got a lot actually just cooking up right now. We got a lot that we can't talk about right now. We got just, just know. Just just know, be on the lookout in the future. Um, we all stay cooking, baby. Yeah. That's it. We got some good things coming for y'all. Right? In the kitchen with the black pot. Um, <laughs> Just recently, we had the Dallas meetup. Oh, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. We're going to let David uh, give, a, give a little synopsis of what happened at the Dallas meetup. All right, y'all. So y'all know how I do it. It's going to be short and sweet. Bam. Dallas meetup was lit. A lot of dope black shit going on, man. Partnered up with our good friends at uh at RT's agency. Got to meet a lot of people that like just followed the page. A lot of people who were just entrepreneurs in Dallas. It was just all around good to see a lot of people, a, a lot of our people networking, doing business, and just just working to to change the conversation and the narrative around that. Okay. It was real cool. We I found a couple people who are gonna be guests on the podcast, and uh we got invited to go record. At uh, the grand opening of our business partners for that partnered with us for the meetup at their grand opening of a uh, big facility. We, we, it, this shit lit, man. Hey, just go. <laughs> lit, so, man. We popping like, we popping like fish grease, baby. Like, we out here. <laughs> Just can't explain it. But uh, we all sent me the link to this in, like, some type of flyer or something. So when it's ready, I can definitely post it and put it in my link tree. Yeah. Gotcha. Sure. Sure. Gotcha. We got you. Oh. Also, um, no problem. 
just a little, little house cleaning on my end. Also, um, this past week, I did meet with Casanova Brooks. Uh, it was a really cool experience. Uh, talked about a lot of stuff. Learned a lot of stuff. Um, and so I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff with him because he's like an hour and a half away from me. So we're going to be doing a lot of things with him, BWR and Casanova Brooks. So um, y'all be on the lookout for those collaborations and everything with that as well. Uh, if we got any followers in Omaha uh, or in surrounding areas, I know it ain't a whole lot of us out here. But if we out here, y'all y'all hit us up. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. I'm out here. Uh, we're going to collab. I want to meet up with y'all. We want to make, uh, you know, BWR. Everywhere we're at, we want to be able to represent and have a representation. That's what's, That's what's up. Well, anybody well, Asia, got anything? Well, what the people, we know you got to meet up. Anything else people need to look out for you, where they want to find, where you want them to find you at? What you, uh, they got anybody need some house building Detroit? I need you to plug yourself. We got to get it going. Okay, well, I'm not building from the ground up yet, but I do plan on I'm actually going to Philly to speak in, I think, on the 10th. I speak about investing in Detroit there, having me come out there. Um, my Detroit real estate tour is going to be bigger and better this year. It's September 26th through the 29th, and I'm including your hotel stay. The early bird special is 25 Regular price is going to be 3500 and I'm going to feed you, take you around Detroit, show you my city, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, the Detroit Investing All-Stars will be doing uh, the Detroit Real Estate Seminar in Detroit. We got to do one at the crib. That one's going to be, we're looking at October 5th. And I'm not sure on ticket prices for that. And I think that's all I got coming up for events this well, year. Y'all definitely be on the lookout for those events. We're going to have all that down in yeah, the show notes for y'all too. You know how we do We're going to get the links for y'all. Y'all go click on that. Go sign up for it. And go have a good time and learn some stuff, man. Invest in yourself and invest in the community. For area, y'all not following Asia, man. Y'all doing something. Yeah. <laughs> Real talk. Thank you, Real thank talk. You. This is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. 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 If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.